0: Money Matters, Wealthy Thinking with Alfred Edmund Jr.
1: Did you know that a single failed marriage cycle commonly costs each person in a relationship more than $100,000? Today, I'm giving you a reality check of what's at stake financially when you confuse wedding planning with marriage planning. I'm your host, Alfred Edmund Jr. Are you planning to put a ring on it? Here's an important reality check. If you're not talking about your finances now, you'll be fighting over it during the marriage and likely setting the stage for your divorce. On this edition of our podcast, I'm going to focus on why it's critically important to focus on marriage planning, not just wedding planning, especially when it comes to your money. You'll also hear from my guest today, certified financial planner and author Patricia A. Stallworth on how to protect yourself financially when you choose to divorce. Yep, I've got you both coming and going today. Plus, I have another great recommendation for our Wealthy Thinking reading list. But first, are you about to put a ring on it? Now is as good a time as any to ask yourself and your beloved, are we more interested and invested in our marriage or just in having a fantastic wedding? Chances are you're planning a dream event. After all, this time will be the last time. Well, at least that's the plan. According to a recent survey by the knot.com, couples spent an average of more than $35,000 on their wedding last year. Now, before you blow your life savings, or worse, go deep into debt, to pay for your wedding, take some advice from me. First, be sure that you and your fiancé have a clear understanding and regular, open, and honest conversation about how you will manage money as a couple. Wedding planning and budgeting together is a great test run of how you will operate once vows are exchanged. If you can't talk about money before the wedding, it will be a sore spot for your marriage. Remember, marriage is a legal and financial contract, not just a social and spiritual union. Those who believe that love and money have nothing to do with each other have either never been through a divorce or are in deep denial about how financially disruptive it can be, both in the short and long-term future. I'm not just saying this as a personal finance expert. I'm speaking as a person who has endured the financial consequences of two divorces. Financial infidelity and conflict, in addition to failing to openly and honestly discuss finances both before and after saying I do, were major factors in the collapse of both marriages. I must emphasize, the discussion about money should be focused on the marriage, not the wedding. Too many people find out the hard way that they can't finance a healthy and prosperous marriage because they've taken on so much debt and exhausted their savings to finance their wedding day. As too many divorced and unhappily married couples know, money can't fix a broken relationship, but bad money habits can destroy a healthy one. So here's some things you can do to prevent that from happening to you. Be financially intimate with each other, meaning be totally open and honest about your financial habits and history, including your credit reports, taxes, debts, assets, child or spousal support obligations, other income. Again, if you can't trust each other to be honest about your financial situation and your goals and liabilities before you marry, you are not ready to get married. Also, agree to a budget now and meet monthly to discuss and manage it together. Make financial decisions jointly, even if one or the other partner actually spends the money, handles the savings, and pays the bills. This is about working together in partnership with shared responsibility and complete transparency. Never use financial information as a weapon, nor punish or ridicule your mate's past financial mistakes or lack of financial education. And never spend or withhold money to hurt or punish your partner. This is known as financial abuse, and it has a 98% correlation with other forms of violence, including verbal, emotional, and physical abuse in relationships. Set financial goals as a couple, and never put individual wants above jointly agreed-upon objectives. Always put your goals ahead of the demands and expectations of your family and friends. Be financially faithful. That means, for example, never spending money and hiding it from your partner. And don't worry about which partner is bringing in the most income. Instead, focus on financial planning as a team, eliminating debt and increasing total household net worth, regardless of your income sources. If you're really into planning weddings, just go ahead and become a wedding planner. But if you want a prosperous marriage, Become a marriage planner, including creating and following a real plan for your finances as a couple. You're listening to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. We'll be back in a moment. Support for Money Matters Wealthy Thinking and the following message come from State Farm, who knows that many Americans struggle with their finances and most have never been taught how to manage them. Starting today, State Farm wants to change that by giving people the tools, help, and education they need to take control of their money, putting financial well-being within the reach of everyone. Now you can find out more at letstarttoday.com. State Farm, here to help life go right. We're back with Money Matters, Wealthy Thinking. Do you understand the financial realities of ending a marriage? We'll hear from Certified Financial Planner and author Patricia A. Stallworth, who will share why it's critical to move past the emotional disruption of ending a marriage in order to protect yourself financially when you choose to divorce. But first, it's time for my Wealthy Thinking reading list recommendation. Regular Money Matters listeners know that I stress the importance of being proactive with your financial education by reading at least one book about personal finance, investing, or business each and every month. Today I'm recommending 10 Things Every Woman Should Keep in Her Purse, A Financial Guide for the Modern Woman by Shani Curry St. Ville. Some of my favorite money books are short reads that have more value per page than much longer books. Curry St. Ville's self published 10 Things Every Woman Should Keep in Her Purse falls into this category. It's a great choice for people who don't have a lot of time or who are just beginning their financial self-education. Kerry St. Ville is the creator of PurseEmpowerment.com, a consultancy company focused on increasing the financial literacy of women. Using both humorous girl-you-know anecdotes as well as authoritative advice, Kerry St. Ville shares everything a woman should keep in her purse. In order to achieve personal financial empowerment She includes on this list A key to a home you actually own And a strand of gray hair As a retirement savings reminder As a result Kerry St. Veal delivers a wise Entertaining and actionable read Of just 84 pages Be sure to add 10 Things Every Woman Should Keep in Her Purse A Financial Guide for the Modern Woman By Shawnee Curry St. Veal to your wealthy thinking reading list, and now let's hear from today's guest. Do you understand the financial realities of ending a marriage? Learn from certified financial planner and author Patricia A. Stallworth, host of the podcast show Minding Your Money Three Hundred and Sixty. Stallworth has just released her latest book, How to Get Divorced Without Losing Your Blouse: What Every Woman Needs to Know to Protect Her Future. Even though her book is targeted to women, her advice is valuable information and wise counsel, regardless of gender. I specifically spoke with Starworth about how to protect yourself financially when you choose to divorce and what's at stake when you fail to do so.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. One of the things that I would tell you, especially about my new book and how I really came to finance for real is is through the book, Um, actually going through my divorce was the thing that launched me into a financial career. Uh, One of the things that happened to me is like so many women, I had really just relegated taking care of the money to my husband, you know, because I thought he would do a good job of it. And so as I was sitting there at the divorce table, you know, for the settlement, I suddenly realized that I had been wrong in my assumption because uh, while he was really good at saving money, he was not very good at investing it, and he had lost almost all of our money after years and years of saving. So as I sat there and I realized that I had no job because we had just moved from the East Coast to the West Coast not too long before that for him to get a new job, and I had left my job. No friends, no husband, and no money. Wow! And so at that point, yes, wow. And I'm sitting there and really not understanding any part of this at that, at that point. I just went, went kind of blank. So then I realized I wanted to follow the money. And so at that point, I wanted to learn everything about money. I wanted to know how to make it. I wanted to know how to manage it. I wanted to know how to invest it. I wanted to know everything. So I became a financial advisor, and that's how I launched my whole career in terms of finance was doing that. And so when I work with people, the first thing I tell them is that you need to take responsibility, you need to take control, and you need to at least be a part of the process regardless of your marital status because I know what happens when you don't do that. That's how this whole thing got started, was with my divorce.
0: You were very serious about it because, as I stress to our listeners all the time, it's not just about knowledge, it's about credentials, and you are a certified financial planner uh, and an MBA. So this book represents kind of a back to the beginning, which led to your path to who you become professionally and personally today. So one of the things that I emphasize both on this show as well as, as you know, my wife and I have our own business, Growns, Own Relationship Education, in which we also talk about the financial implications of relationship decisions, and what we tell people all the time is that marriage is not just a spiritual and emotional contract, it's a legal and financial one, which is why you have to go to court, not to church to, yeah. to dissolve the marriage, but too often people you know go into marriages or end marriages, and they they forget that part and they pay a high price for not really paying attention to that. So talk to me about, and, and your book is a great book, I, I'm going to say that right up front, How to Get Divorced Without Losing Your Blouse really is a financial planner's advice guide to what you need to really be thinking about as you consider divorce um, and ultimately if you decide to go that route, execute a divorce. And I, I even like the parts about illegal separation because I think a lot of people think separation is just not really, it's kind of play play, it's not really for real, <laughs> I don't really take that very seriously. Until I decide to get a divorce or not to. So, talk to me about your approach as a financial planner to marriage and divorce and how you advise your clients.
2: One of the first things that I do is when I get the couple before they get married, then we have that bunny talk and we really get deep into how you're going to manage money in the marriage because money, as you know, is one of the top reasons that people get divorced. So, Getting some understanding of how each of you are coming to the marriage with your various attitudes and thoughts about money is really key to get you going because you need that communication all the time, back and forth, back and forth. When I get to the point where a couple is going through a divorce, then that's a totally different story. And we have to begin to think about divorce as a business transaction. Because that's what it is. It is not, it has a lot of emotional components and it has a lot of a, a whole bunch of other things. But at the end of the day, it is a business transaction. So you need to get your head in the game and you need to realize that this is one life, you know, one part of your life ending and a new one starting. And the thing that you need to be focused on is what do I need to have in place so that I can start my new life and be okay you know, make myself as whole as possible again. So it's really, as you talk about that mindset thing, it's really shifting that whole mindset from, you know, love and all these other kinds of things to, hey, this is my new life. I've got to be ready there for that. So then I have to get my head together and I have to look at this like any other business transaction that I would be going through.
1: You can get more smart financial advice from Patricia A. Stallworth, and learn more about her books, including How to Get Divorced Without Losing Your Blouse, at psworth.com. This is Alfred Edmund Jr. for Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. Be sure to check out my latest free ebook, Buy Love, Get Trouble, Sell Love Get Screwed, How Decisions in Pursuit of Sex, Love and Relationships Impact Your Career, Business, and Financial Success at GrownZone.com forward slash buy love get trouble. And don't forget to subscribe to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. at AURN.com. Thanks for listening.
0: Money Matters Wealthy Thinking, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.